forever. Dog. I don't know if we should start talking about YA novels in general or if we should just start talking about X-Men first. Listen, man, because... I want to say something quick about YA novels. I love these movies and these these books, but what I realize is that you will have one of these YA books and it will be a black girl lead, but she's always in love with a white dude. And I've been Googling, <laughs> I've been Googling, there has never been a young black guy as the love interest in a YA movie. Like, I am saying that while Chubs. looking at Chup, Chup, Chup. <laughs> Who loves Chubs? I mean, you I guess just... everyone loves Chubs. That's the thing. No right? one loves Chubs. We'll, we'll talk, you you we'll can watch that. all these movies. Like, and there's if there is a black dude in it, he is the Chubs. He is the best friend he's, who is like he's the, he's the jokester. Yeah, why man. was he swearing so much? You like, know why? why? <laughs> <laughs> Every line for no reason. <laughs> He was so I'm impressive. Just, yeah. He was so I unlikable also... <laughs> <laughs> in every way. Oh, there's, my goodness. Okay, so there's Hunger Games, right? There's Maze Runner. Mm-hmm. There's Divergent Series. There's, there's Perks, of, this... uh, Perks of a Wallflower. Yo. Okay. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a YA. He's just joking. saying YA. Like, <laughs> oh, I I'm guess, saying yeah. YA. No, he's okay, like going right. to cinema history. He's I like, get it. Since I get the it. Beginning, <laughs> is that? No I guess that's real. Like even it in is. fantasy YA or like. Well, what I like, what I think is so yeah. funny about Darkest Minds though is like Chubbs the character knows he does not have a shot <laughs> <laughs> with Amanda. Like and Amanda like seems to automatically recognize like that's not going to be my love interest. Like it's a smart black guy <laughs> just sitting there. Like attractive, smart, very witty, and everyone's just like, "Yeah, that's not gonna work." So you go ahead and just start being an asshole. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at the white guy who's leading us all and and focus my time and attention on him. It was like automatic. It's like the movie knew. Yo, there literally is a movie with a black male lead. Okay, we reviewed it, and I just realized as I'm looking at YA uh, movies, the hate you give. This man died. Okay, the black love interest was shot, and then. The white dude is the dude who gets to come to the hood and meet the family and like go on this journey. There's also one that I feel, I don't know if it was actually based off of a YA book, but there was another like alien movie with a black lead that also never got like any, actually there's two, there's Kin, which was based off a short film. Which I saw, yeah. Oh. Um, did <laughs> he have a love interest? One never wants to get. <laughs> I, I saw it. Yeah, he he was too young to have a love interest, right? He didn't have a. Mm. He, there wasn't like a little girl that he liked, or. Uh yeah, no, he was too young for. But, uh, but they could have done like a my girl situation. Like he could have, you know, there could have been someone his age that he <laughs> loved, you know. It's Paper almost as tales. if these stories are like a product of a, r- a systemically racist society or something. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like weird. Uh, co- but, you but know, I, being I written the by the darkest minds. Jo- oh God. John, come on, wow. man. We got a guest, bro. We trying to get a job after this. What you doing? No, he was saying it came out of a, a racist society. It's just, it was, you know, le- leaped from the darkest minds. But the whitest gaze. 
<laughs> now that's how we start a show. <laughs> Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drop Milligan. What more can I say? Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Quarantine City. It's a green pepper. What are you doing with the green pepper? Wait till it's red. Wait till it's red, damn it. God, you fucking you piece of shit. <laughs> why why was, was he so, why was he so angry? <laughs> was he, he was fucking pissed. Why was he so mad at my man? <laughs> Chubbs is like, y'all aren't listening to me. Yo, yo Chubbs was so mad. Oh my Chubb, god! When Chubb is on that goddamn farm, like talking about the peppers, I was like, "Bro, why do you um, care this much?" Chubbs? Pull it back, Chubbs! Like, pull it back. Yo, oh, his name was Chubbs, oh my god. and that was never explained. Also. They, no, they had one throwaway line. He used to be bigger. Remember? Like that no, was I it. I it was like that line when they're first somehow. in the car. Um, the lead white dude uh, talks to uh, Zoo. What's her name? Zoo. 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 The mute Asian oh, child. Oh, yes, oh, the mute oh, Asian yeah. child. Yes. Zoo. Mm-hmm. Talk Man, to we Zoo. gotta talk about that too. And it goes, Zoo, you remember when he was a little bit bigger? And then she nods. And that is the only time it's been a Yes. Death. Do we learn right. why she doesn't speak? I'm sorry, I'm not waiting not. my turn. I'm we don't. No, we okay. don't. We don't. All right. we don't. Uh, but I imagine sorry, no. in later books we learn. You know what I mean? Like in later, like in the sequel. I Maybe the third learn. book. Maybe the third book. <laughs> I won't learn in a later book. The third book. Um, <laughs> Wait, is this based uh, on Okay, a, uh, real quick. Let's just do intros. Uh, wait, did I say what my name is? No. My no. name is Jonathan Braylock. <laughs> I'm Gerard Milligan. And my name is James the Third. Okay, and we have an incredible guest in the quarantine studio. Gerard's doing drums to introduce. That was the worst drums I've ever heard. Come on, man. Wait, wait, man. I gave you. Come on, man. I gave you the. That's a snare drum right there. All right, everyone. We got Justin Simeon. Thank you. On Thank the you podcast, creator, yes. <laughs> creator, creator, director, director, writer, producer, an enemy to Jonathan and Jarrah, apparently. <laughs> an an, an enemy. enemy. Mortal enemy. Enemy to two thirds of the black man can't <laughs> yes, 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 yes. How are you doing, James? I'm out here. I'm chilling, you know. I feel good. <laughs> no, man, in all honesty, it is, it is, it is, this is cool. Because, again, man, you know, part of that whole Netflix family. And I think, you know, what the film did, white people did. I mean, good God. Like, I had never seen Tessa Thompson until yeah. that film. Like, that shit came out like gangbusters man yeah absolutely yeah. and um we're i mean we've all we've talked about this on the podcast for a long time but we're you know huge fans of dear white people both the film and the show um have some friends um jack moore who i went to nyu with uh also a writer on the show i would i would remember watching the show with my wife and then <laughs> i like i forgot it was one of those episodes it was the i think it was the episode um uh where um uh sorry i'm blanking on his name gets uh uh harassed by the cops and like the gun gets pointed to his head oh yeah reggie Reggie, Reggie, man yeah that's real that's real and i see like jack's name and i was just like what's what (laughs) 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 i was like what i didn't know i just saw no man this is dope dude 
Like um, my friend Dave had a um, bit part on it. Then what? My friends know her. I don't really know her, but Ashley um, Blaine, like um, oh, yeah, people yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, but also, um, it is real funny because you got Gus as the narrator, and every time I hear, I will, yes, John gets Gus. mad. I say his name. <laughs> Gus will always James. Don't get mad at me, James. Gus, don't be mad again. <laughs> don't be mad at me. Just has such a unique voice, and I love that as Giancarlo's. he ages, he seems way cooler. Like. When he mm-hmm. appears, he seems like, settled. Yeah, like when he appears, like his style, everything just feels like, yeah, bro. Like, I don't I know. Am. Yeah, it's so cool to me. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, um, good old so Gus. anyway, uh, for those who who don't know, though, <laughs> we 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 uh, we review films of leading black actors on this show. Yeah. We talk about them in the context of race and diversity in Hollywood. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> oh I got your back. I got your back. I don't. And we in, we like ensnare uh, black filmmakers. Uh, to watch, <laughs> yes. Really to watch what? <laughs> yeah, we should add that to the description of this. Yeah. We watch really interesting films and make them talk about them. We watch uh, the movies that the man won't let you know exists. So we watch it so the people at home don't have to watch. Well, you so should watch it at home. Never mind. Today we're reviewing *The Darkest Minds*. It's a it's a why it's it's based on a YA novel. Came out in 2018. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it stars, uh, Amandla, uh, is it Stenberg? Sick. Steinberg. 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 Um, mm-hmm. uh, which most people probably know from The Hate You Give. I, and, and she's just a rising star, uh, an extremely incredible actress. Uh, but this movie, uh, did not do so well in theaters. Uh, it had a, let's see, $34 million budget. Uh, and it only it only made forty one million million, but like in America, I think it only made twelve million. I remember when it came out. It oh. cost thirty four million to make. Yeah, that. those explosions, man. Yep. I tried, y'all. Everyone listening at home, I tried to get them to talk about X Men. So, <laughs> well, here's how we couldn't do it because John, you say it better. Well, like, here, Storm here, talks yeah. four times. X Men, which is a, and but I, we are going to talk about X Men because it's a great point that Justin had brought up, which is X Men is a film, you know, also based off a comic book, uh, where ostensibly mutants are being persecuted in a way that is remarkably similar to the black experience in America and the civil rights movement. And yet, out of, like, all the characters in this film, there's one black... There's essentially one black person in the movie. (laughs) Do you know what happens to a toad when it is struck by lightning? (laughs) Also, when you think about it... That's her most famous line. Halle Berry, an Academy Award winner. Now, she didn't win the Oscar... Until I think a year later, but it was, it was the next year for the second film, right? But she was an established, <laughs> for yeah, for X Men. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, did John know he's like a still brilliant Charlotte? turn as yeah. Storm? Turn. <laughs> but when you think about X Men, which is so sad though, yes, like there has been talk like Professor X is MOK, you know, Malcolm X is um, Magneto. But when you think about the roster on both teams, Brotherhood. And X-Men. There are only two characters that are black that are known. Storm, who's been there since the beginning, and then Bishop, who is from the future. Like, future, far my future. man is from the future. That's the only time we see a but, black dude but then, in that world. When they made Deadpool 2. Oh, wait, was that not Bishop? No, that I guess. No, that was um Cable. I'm sorry. So I always get them confused. 
Because they're both from the future. Aren't they both yeah, from the future? They are both from the future. They both from the future. They, they both technically will work together. One's just one's black with a with a with a Jerry like curl. A Jerry curl, yeah. A Jerry like curl. A, a Jerry curl mullet. Yeah. They updated him in the comment recently. He got a he got a fade with the sponge. So okay. his hair his hair's fly right now, but it's still just him. Like there's okay. no. Mm-hmm. They could. And he didn't even talk. He didn't even talk in the movie. Like when he was in the movie, right? Like he's in, in Days of Future Past. He's in oh, Days of yeah, Future Past. He's in Days of Future Past for like five seconds. He doesn't talk much. You I mean, I'm not, I'm not counting that at all. We were looking through. <laughs> there have been, I think, 12 movies made based off of X-Men comic books. <laughs> 12. And, and zero of them have a black lead. The closest is Halle Berry in X2. And like, um, and then, uh, God, what's her name played in Deadpool 2? Uh uh, oh, Domino. Yeah, Domino. She, Zazie, um, she played Zazie. Yeah, and she played and Domino. They go out of their way to kill Darwin in. He's uh, the X-Men only person. Class. Oh, they go out of the way to kill him. Yo, they're he's like, the, like, he's the only do. mutant to die in that movie. Yeah, they do. They go yeah. out of their way. And, but you know, but you know what? This is like this is so. There are so many American science fiction franchises. Planet of the Apes yep. is the one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but where like black shit is being used as like flavor. <laughs> X, X, like the thing that makes Marvel Marvel and not DC is that they infuse the, the superheroes with like immigrant experiences and specifically for the X-Men, the black experience. Like that was on purpose. Like Malcolm mm-hmm. X and Magneto was on par- like this. The shit came out of the 60s. Like yes. this was all very much it's- on purpose. But they were like, but no one's going to read a comic book about blacks. So yeah. we have to encase it in this metaphor. Unless black is in their title. Yes. No, Black Lightning, Black Panther. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. We all got to be black. Also, this is a complete tangent, but I just watched a clip of this movie. The first Transformers. This is very annoying. There's one Transformer who's like a black car. Jazz. Speaks, jazz. jazz. The only Transformer jazz. that Megatron kills Dude. is Jazz. <laughs> and Jazz tries to like hip hop, like. Uh, Black Ranger, Kung Fu fight, dance fight, and he just rips him apart and just throws him. He's and the what, only one to die. What makes me mad about Jazz and Darwin is sort of the same thing. It's like the 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 bad guy has like a, a retort, like a witty line that they say <laughs> when they die. Like when he kills Darwin, he goes, adapt to this. And then we just have to watch him suffering, trying to adapt to the thing. And then Jazz goes, you want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? And then the guy goes, I'll take two, and then rips him in half. <laughs> Like, doesn't he say something like kind of racist in the movie too? Like doesn't oh, jazz? jazz? Oh yeah. jazz! His all of his dialogue is wrong. His like, opening line is "What's cracking, little bitches?" That's right. That's right. Yes, right. Which you know, black people were consulted um, for that line of the dialogue. Cra- I believe. Craziest thing is that Michael Bay doubled down on his racism in Transformers too. Then there were two black characters. Oh yes, these dumb like twins who are they, so stupid. Yeah, and they they don't do much reading is one of their lines. They literally have a lie where they say we don't do much reading. Um, I just we- googled it and there's a headline that says why weren't the racist robots in Transformers two canceled? <laughs> <laughs> why are we doing this? But yo, every time we do this podcast, I get excited. But then I realize that we're in a business that is straight up racist, even though it's supposed to be the 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 business that's more. I'm accepting of people with different colors, but then we look at stuff, it's like, yo, there is a hip-hop robot. <laughs> like, this is a hip-hop robot, y'all. John brought up the two robots I took out of my mind 
because these dudes were like they were crows like these are 100%. the Mitchell show crows yeah and they're in a movie a movie that made lines. like a billion dollars uh, a billion <laughs> a billion dollars um, yeah anyway so yeah, we all, that's we why all fighting trying to get content that's just got okay you know what I'm going so move. finally, though, you know, <laughs> we, we, don't, don't do it. we don't need to be upset, though, because finally in 2018, you know, The Darkest Minds, the reality was the YA novel, the main character in the book was was white. Um, oh. And they were like, you know what? We're going to be woke. We're going to be diverse. We're going to cast this as a black, uh, a, a black girl. And, uh, you know, some of the Internet was mad about that. Like they always are. They're mad about the black stormtrooper. They're mad anytime they're mad about uh, Annie being black. You know, they're just always they're they're always mm. mad about Weren't fictional. they mad about Amanda in Roo. Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they were. Yeah, book. I did, too. The character is described yes. as black. <laughs> yes. And they were mad. Like, it's like you still hear bad. what they to say her skin color is. First off, Hunger Games, low key. The black people were from the plantation district. I'm going to leave well, that alone. Yes, they were no. from the plantation it's, district. It's a good point to bring up. <laughs> got, my man is in overalls. Okay. They got... All right. We, uh, okay. but we haven't course, even introduced the movie. I'm we, sorry. We haven't, I mean, I'm, no. I'm we, 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 we introduced the movie. We just haven't... We're... we're um, I feel it feels like we're avoiding talking about it. That's what it feels like. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe that's because this movie got uh, this movie got a sixteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, reviews aren't everything. If reviews aren't everything, though, we know this. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I mean, we got a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but that. But we, we still didn't get a season two, though. <laughs> <laughs> we got a hundred. We had, Rotten Tomatoes started no, tweeting this shit like, on their own, and still, y- you literally, know. Lit- okay. Anyway. This movie, <laughs> but this movie didn't do well financially. That's the that's the only thing uh, Hollywood cares about. And and so even though the book series has multiple, um, I think it has multiple books. Uh, uh, there's not going to be a, another version of this movie. And and to be fair, the YA by the time this came out, there have been so many dystopian YA kind of movies similar to this. At least in the the sense that it's a future with some sort of oppressive government. That's like keeping kids down. Um, yes, a future. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but those movies, even like Divergent, which I don't, I for, I don't think it got to finish out all of the books. But the first movie still did decently. It made like two hundred. It was the first million. one was good. The the Maze the Runner, like same thing. Like it, you know the 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 movies went down, but they they I think they actually got to finish. They they did all three yeah. of their movies. Um, should we talk? Should we do initial thoughts? I mean, this movie, yeah. is, you know, the the uh, uh, the premise of the film is, you know, it, it's kind of like an X Men thing of like, except it's not everyone; it's just kids specifically are getting mutant powers. Ninety percent of the world's children have died. Um, <laughs> it was like that's very grim. Begin, that's why you how say we it begin like that? this? This why, That's how they say it in the movie. They they say the word <laughs> "dead kids" about fourteen yeah. times in the opening yeah. of this. YA movie. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, that sounds like a crisis, like a human extinction crisis. Um, yeah. Which no one is then, concerned with, nor is No one addresses. We never, literally never talk about it. I was like, are they going to talk about the fact that all of the remaining kids they're putting into like what appears to be like concentration camps and like no, killing Jonathan, them? Because there's a cute boy and he drives a van and he must be the focus <laughs> yeah. of this narrative. 
Yo, isn't that that's the guy from sixteen nineteen or what is that movie? Um, uh, the one that just came out, the the war movie with the one long was it? Uh, sixteen nineteen was the name of the movie. I'm not seeing any other credits in his Wikipedia besides Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, and something called Matthias and Maxime. Yeah, that's not oh. the lead of 1917, if that's what you mean. Oh, I thought it was no, the No, that's it. Yeah, no, no that's yeah. It, that's no, not no, no, no. That's a different person. They this do is, look uh, similar. They do. I mean, they, they have similar eyes, but he's significantly younger than that guy, I think. This is a different Caucasian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, also, yeah, um, Justin, you want to go first with your initial thoughts? No. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk about X-Men. I mean... <laughs> This is like, look, Amanda is great in it, I will say. Like, yeah. she is acting her ass off. The movie doesn't really deserve her, but it's sort of like, you know, this is what happens. This is why diversity is bad and inclusion is good, because it's mm. like, we like just changed the lead character to a black girl, but in no way address the racial implications of that. And so, mm. uh, you know, this movie, which is ostensibly a metaphor for the black experience, is actually void of any actual like truthiness about the black experience because it is mm-hmm. never brought up or addressed. Um, and it was, I thought it was really bad, you know. Uh, it was, but I don't know. No one tries to make a bad movie, but it felt like it was caught. It felt like it was made by a lot of studio executives yeah. with a lot of notes about the marketplace and appealing to the most amount of teens or something because. I can't figure out what the movie is meant to say or be about. Those are just my first thoughts. No, yeah, that's real. No, those are those are great thoughts. Uh, I never thought about it like that in like diversity, inclusion. inclusion. Yeah, like that's that's a very good way to put it. It's like you know, little fires everywhere. It's like they made the lead character black, but then they at least understood that that means that the whole thing has to become about her being a black woman because that is you know such a major piece of her experience. And with this, I felt like. It was such a missed opportunity because, you know, it's a YA movie, but we have kids saying shit and fuck and things mm-hmm. are blowing up and people are, kids are dying. 98% of all children <laughs> die in the first, in the opening of this in film. But yet we weren't, we couldn't, we couldn't broach the topic of race and gender. That felt like an odd choice to me. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because I, at the, I think what you just said, like, uh, you don't know what this movie was really trying to say is the. That's my my initial thought of this movie is like there were there were interesting things happening like this could have been an interesting movie and I act, and I and I'm sure uh, the the book is at fault with this but also they change movies from books all the time so you could have mm-hmm. done that with the with the screenplay um and made it uh, it's like what what is the point of this outside of just like oh kids have superpowers and they're running away from like you know some shadowy government that's trying that you know, makes them prison laborers or or kills them because they're afraid. But we never really understand why they're afraid. Like, you know, in, I mean, like, outside of we're just supposed to know, well, you know, people always fear what they don't know and they might have too much power. But, like, in a movie, in, like, X-Men series, right, or, or the movies, we understand there are mutants who are fed up with parts of the government that are trying to oppress them. And so they're fighting back, which fuels this thing, right? It's very, so when we think about, for instance, the protests that just occurred uh, and how 
a lot of the narrative that some of the media started to focus on was rioting. All of the, like this building, got, this police precinct got burnt. This police car got burnt. Like these stores got looted. And even though that was such a small part of what was happening, um, that was the focus. It was like, see, we have to get these people under control. They're trying to tear down our country and rip it apart, even though the actual protest is about, you know, justice, like equality. Um, and so there, but there's nothing really like that in this movie. They just start rounding up the kids. And again, and because the extinction thing is never talked about, it makes it seem it's like psychotic. It was like, okay, so every hu- every adult on this planet just was just became a psycho at the same time, you know? And the only ones who didn't are like, I guess, a part of this other thing that are just tra- training child soldiers, which is another interesting concept brought up in the movie, but never actually explored. We don't really understand the implications of what this other, um, I forgot what they were called, some, the League or whatever. The League. Oh, like, right, the, the League. league. Like the who they it feels like the army or something. Yeah, yeah. it was just like, uh, like a child like, army. Yeah, which we we never really see. We never like we we hear about it, but then there was there was never an opportunity to see like a a part of this child's army like kill human beings. You know what I mean? Like in a way that or kill adults in a way that felt like oh man, what you're taking away these kids' humanity? Like yes, they're fighting for a good cause, but is this the right way? But we never get into any of that. Instead, it's just, uh, I guess, a somewhat of a chase film for a lot of it. And I don't know. It, this movie was a, it was a mess. But I will say this. I do think the actors, for the most part, were very, the, like the kid actors were very good. Um, I'm, I'm upset that they didn't have a better script. And also, I feel bad for um, the little girl who played Zoo because. <laughs> she I, doesn't talk? She doesn't get Ever. to talk. And I get it, and that I think that's in the in the probably in the book as well. But like, we don't know why, which makes it worse, right? And, yeah. and because we don't know why, she doesn't get the opportunity to be like super expressive or like a moment of of we see her communicating. You know what I mean with 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 no words, which is possible. But token, yeah. I think, is the yeah. word you're it's searching very for. Token. Yeah. She's a token uh, character that has uh, no inner life or dialogue. Also, this dude, yeah. Skylin Brooks, was awesome. The kid who played uh, Chubbs, he was great, even though he's yeah. the most stereotypical. Like, bro but it, but that, thing. that part always happens to people. Like, even um, uh, Justice, like Justice Smith, he was in this movie called Paper Towns, which the two leads were white, like Kara Devine and like um, Alex Wolf. And like, he is the friend who doesn't want to go along with it. He is the awkward, like, geeky dude who's always there. And it's like, this is just the part that if you're going to be a young black kid in these movies, you got to get this one. Or if it's like one of those action sci-fi movies, you're probably like the tough soldier dude who, like, has to fight with the lead white guy at some point, like in um, Maze Runner. Like, you're the leader, but you're not the leader. You know, like, if you're going to be in Hunger Games, like, you are the big black dude who can throw stuff you know, and then you die mm-hmm. off screen. <laughs> like, I but don't I, know. I, I think this movie is like a, is em, emblematic. Is that a right, is that a word? Yes, that's cool. exactly a word. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it is emblematic of Hollywood's race problem, in my yes. opinion. Yeah. Yeah. This movie came out in 2018. It stars an amazing black female actress who is also in her own right an activist and a leader 
Yes. Um, there's no reason why this movie should be emblematic of Hollywood's race problem, but it is because it is essentially it is based on a marginalized premise. Okay, like we're either talking about the Holocaust or we're talking about Japanese internment camps or we're talking about slavery, black people, and all of civil rights. Those are the only three things this movie could possibly be about mm -hmm. because it's so dire. And yet, um, Asian people, this was, this was directed by a South Korean director, so I, I'm not going to blame the director. This feels like a very studio-driven project. Um, please still hire me, 20th? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so like, um, that makes everything hard. <laughs> I know, this is so hard. Uh, but, uh, but they were working for a different company then, so it's totally fine. And, uh, you know, essentially, like, all of the characters whose voices could even speak to those experiences are completely sidelined in the narrative and are centered around whiteness. Because, like, everywhere that Amandala goes, there is an obnoxious white person that she has to impress and, like, get on her side. Either it is the, the nameless uh, drill sergeant in the first camp. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is the cute white boy that, you know, to me doesn't really have much else going on besides being a cute white boy who can drive. And then the, the evil white boy at the end, like it's always yeah. about, it's still about the white people, yeah, even right. though it's a, supposedly about liberation and stuff. It's so odd. I mean, it's tough. Cause I think I've actually watching this movie now. I was like, Oh, I've seen this before. I, I'm not sure where I saw it before, but I remember it. And Amanda, it's so funny. You said that Justin, like, I think I'm now at a point where I do. I, it's hard for me to um, separate like the person from their work because I've known of her and her activism for so long. Like right. Amanda was the first of those young actresses who came out and was like, "Yo, like I'm black. I do this. I do that." Like she, she was the one who came out before Zendaya talking about that. She came out before Yara, but like she's been with the shits the whole time. Like she, I think I believe came out as queer. Like she's with the mm -hmm. shits, which is great. And it's funny watching her do a movie like this where it does feel like such a missed opportunity. You know what I mean? And it feels like it didn't even have to be the main conflict. It just needed to be addressed. You know, like right. as somehow you could just address that her experience right now is a little bit different because she's a black woman, because where it's coming from. Like you could have made so much nuance and made this movie a little bit smarter if you just talked about the elephant in the room. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, and we mm -hmm. just avoided it. And even watching, I don't know, man, even watching it and thinking about, I watched this show called The Boys, um, which is a, a Amazon oh, yeah, yeah. superhero show. Yeah. There's another character on that show called The Woman. And it's an Asian woman who is like the best fighter. Like she can kill anybody, but she does not talk. Um, she, she, they had a flashback. Yep. Why does she not talk? I don't know, but she... Doesn't talk because she, she went through future. something traumatic or something. Yeah, so she does not speak. It's beside the point. She's beautiful and she can fight. <laughs> yes. So and watching this, I'm like, oh, this is just a young version of that movie. It's like the character went through something. She has electrical power, so she was powerful, and she just doesn't talk still. And it just it perpetuates the same stereotypes. And I think it's so funny because watching this movie, I'm like a bunch of kids who did see this saw this, and it just gives them the same idea of people of color that they've always had that has not changed from my generation, my parents' generation. It's just trickling down, and we're just still in the same place no matter what. And it's like, damn, this is what a person of color director, too. It, like, they it, still sideline her. Yeah, you know, they, well, they changed the color. It, in the book, it was yellow. And then they changed it to gold because they were like, oh, well, that might be offensive. Yeah, so. we can't call her yellow. 
Oh, oh the wow. Asian character was was yellow. Yeah, was well, gold. The, she was gold. <laughs> she in the was... movie, they changed it to gold because the oh. only the only gold like the only yellow or gold like um, category that we know, the only person from that category that we know is is the 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 mute oh. Asian girl. Is wow. she is she is she Asian in the book too? Yep. She... Wow. wow. <laughs> That's really unfortunate because I feel like this is a South Korean. Uh, director, I believe. Yeah, she's from South Korea. Yeah. Um, she directed. Which is pr- yeah. She directed the Kung Fu Panda movies, or two and three. Right. I mean, she, I don't. I'm not gonna speak for her because that would be against all the things we're talking about. But it feels like her voice is not as in this as I would imagine. Yeah. No. I mean, it but, also is like from her IMDb. It's like her, this is her first live action yes. uh, mm-hmm. thing also. So like there was probably pre I don't I would imagine there's pressure there's a different pressure that that adds to, right? Like to fight back to Yes. Hundred you know. percent. But there's something and she's about and she'll way. probably get blamed for this movie. You yeah. know well, what I mean? I'm, I'm looking it at was like, the man. writing as well as because if I'm being honest, the scenes weren't poorly directed. It no. was right. just yes. like that wasn't what was that issue for me in the film. Uh you know, it was conceived badly uh but you know one thing one thing i have to say and yes i am bringing it back to the x-men which is that smart smart in a lot of ways this movie is x-men's fault because x-men <laughs> x-men which i think is a good movie i think x2 is a great movie yes, and that's yes. kind of all i have to say about the x-men franchise as someone who grew up with the comics and loved it uh, with my whole body uh <laughs> I, I i really think x2 is a great movie that's all i have to say but I feel like from the beginning, that franchise was a compromised franchise. It was like, it was already a hodgepodge. It's, we, frankly, I feel like we were in a homophobic reaction to Joel Schumacher still as a society and yeah. Batman having nipples. And so when we do the X-Men, everyone's in like black leather. Like there's no flamboyancy whatsoever, which is very ironic um, given the filmmaker there's no sense of gayness <laughs> in that movie, and it's a superhero movie, and what are we doing? This is about hairy men in tights. Like, this is a gay... All mm-hmm. superhero movies are gay, guys. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, so we erased that from it. We erased the civil rights thing from it, and I feel like because that was so successful and so many movies following that model are so successful, there was probably no reason to think this wouldn't be successful. We're just doing the thing that... We do in all the other movies <laughs> and, right. and we're putting a black lead in it. And there's like one line about the colors not being segregated. Uh, so we did it, guys. We yeah. solved racism. Give us money. Um, so in a lot of ways, I think, you know, it is connected to that to that system. And I just wish that um, I wish that people understood that, like, the black experience really is the quintessential American experience. It always is. They always go to jazz music or rock and roll or hip hop or a black lead or whatever and fetishize us in the midst of a movie, objectify us um, to make it pop. <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, yeah. it's hard to talk about that because our villains aren't, aren't some far away distant people. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I feel like mm-hmm. our distance, our villains are here. Like, right. again, like people who, I mean, look, man, I'm be real. Like, People who lynched the black folk in the streets, some of them are still here. That is someone's yep. grandma. Like I remember, it's this famous photo I bring up all the time. It's like this, this, this black, this young black man who is lynched, and it's a young white girl pointing at it, smiling. Mm-hmm. That woman still is still alive. 
Right. You know, like she, like our people are. She still works here. at Trader Joe's. She's the one who doesn't give. You, she's the one who charges you for the extra bag. It's like the bag is five cents. Don't try to charge me twenty. No, she's the problem with her. Her name is Amy. She works at the Trader Joe's on Hyperion, and she is. Um, she overplay the Amy. I'm talking. She overplays it. You know, she like tries to sneak things into my bag, like she's oh, wow. doing me a favor. I'm like, I don't need that, Amy. What's up? Like, are you trying to make up for something? And now I get it. It's, but it, it's, but it is. I mean. Every time someone talks about the Confederacy and like a lot of this stuff, I think there's a, a bastardization of our history. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, if we talk about our history, I remember reading like everyone kept passing around that that Golden Girls clip. And in the clip, you know, when Don Cheeto was like schooling one of the Golden Girls, she's like, you're making me rethink all my memories. And I'm like, and that is the hard part is like you will have to rethink your vacations, the things your grandparents did, the things your aunt said, because maybe mm-hmm. those people aren't the best people. And that is a very hard thing to think about. And I think that is why as African-Americans, we will continue to have a hard time because no one wants to be bad. No one wants to be racist. Like no one wants to take accountability because it will make you readjust who you are and realize things. Even as a man, like there may be things people are like, yo, that's sexist. And I'm like, wait, no, it wasn't. And now I have to rethink how I do things, you know? The thing I don't like about that Golden Girls clip is at the end of it, Don Cheeto says, and I won't judge every white I person that. I see. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. They had to add it. They had to, they had add, to add it. Add I, it, I remember yeah. watching that. I was like, I was like, of course they have to add that to protect white fragility. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. It's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a way to it's a way to be like, no, 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 but it's not just you who's bad. It's a, it's all of us. It's it's that's mm-hmm. what's, you know, Terry Crews tweeting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, well, it's, the, it's the white gaze. <laughs> Honestly, it is. It's the white gaze. It's it's who is this for? Who is this made for? There was a movie called Lemon that I happen to love that critics did not were not kind to uh, by Janixa Bravo. And I've, I've been talking about it because I'm like, the reason critics didn't love that movie is because it's not from the white gaze. It is the same. Mm. What she was doing with that movie is she was making the same movie that is always made every single year about a sociopathic white person who nonetheless is charming to everyone in the film and ends up getting his way and makes us feel empathetic towards him. That's like so many fucking movies. So she just made that movie, but from a black woman's point of view, it's about a white person, but it's not it's not in the white gaze. And that just makes people un comfortable and i feel like what's making me uncomfortable about this movie about darkest minds is that it's 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 it has a black person in it but it is from the white gaze it is it is all it is completely from the point of view of the white people in this film even though they're not the lead characters or you know ostensibly the point of view yeah it's also so frustrating like justin you said sorry bro i'll let you go i'm just i'm looking um I'm just looking up uh, uh, Bravo now, and it's like it's something you said earlier about like how the director of Darkest Miles would probably get blamed for this movie, mm. and something about that I know is true, but it bothers me in a way because we've talked about this on this podcast. We're like, you will see this young white director who does an indie film, and now he gets a studio movie, and it could mm. bomb. It could bomb, yes. yeah. and he still gets the next big movie. You yeah, know Josh what I mean? Frank has a movie coming out, right? I, I, I wanted to say his name, but I was like, I forgot his last name. Yes, well, and he talks about it. Like Josh gets. To, I mean, even when I think about James, no offense. When I think about even um, um, Jurassic World, it's like, sorry, I'm just talking about Jurassic. I was talking about the director of Jurassic World. <laughs> you mean no offense? I know you love did, Jurassic. Did Park. you make Jurassic World? <laughs> he, I, did, I did. It was me. I did. Wow. <laughs> I, did, okay. I, I, didn't wanna, it. I didn't. I didn't want to just come at Jurassic Park. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is, there there are people who get a chance to like do these indies. 
make a movie that necessarily may not be, um, if you think about the sequel or things like that, commercially successful or even critically successful, but still gets a chance to do a bunch of stuff. And I remember reading something with Patty Jenkins and she goes, it was hard for her to get Wonder Woman because even though she had made so much money from Monster and all these other indies, it was still seen as a risk to give a woman such a big platform. You know what I mean? And I think about like even this director, I'm like, she hasn't directed another live action film yet. And I'm like, this is crazy because she still did two um, Kung Fu Pandas. And this movie at the end of the day didn't lose money at the box office. I mean, it didn't, you know, break records, but like- It, it lost money. I it mean, probably, yeah, with the with the with the advertising, with the marketing, and all. I mean, I'm just saying, like, it but was you know 30. what? But you know what it is? You bring you bring you're bringing up a really good point, and I'm thinking about it because uh, there's plenty of white guys who would have gotten a movie like this and maybe would have turned it into something special. And we're always taught to think, well, that's because that director like has the guts to do that or something. But the truth is, I'm imagining Jennifer Nelson on the set of this movie. Knowing this is some bullshit, but knowing that if she raises a stink about it or like demands a better script or whatever, she's going to get fired. That's the reality yeah. of it. Yeah. And and to take your metaphor further, you could have a show, you know, on Netflix or something uh, and have 100 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. And, you know, uh, out, where's my pickup and where's my billboard? Yeah. So it's it is a it is absolutely a double standard. And this movie is bad because of racism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because mean, of the racist system that made it, it's, yeah, it's made it, it a it's bad It's like movie. it didn't. Uh, how could she? How could she feel that freedom, knowing first of all, when she directed those kung kung fu uh, films, uh, kung fu fan f- films, and they they were both successful. But she was the first, I believe, just woman director. Period, directing like a major like animated movie, and so she's getting a chance to direct this. It's like a first. Ch- first opportunity for her and then in the middle of this of the casting there's a whole race conversation that's happening where mm-hmm. people are complaining about this character being casted as black and oh the diversity is ruining everything and okay you know there's there's there is so much like vehement pushback to just allowing people who are not white to both act and direct movies. You know what I mean? Like it's just just the just the fact that they're doing it makes people angry, which should be which should be go like, "Oh wow, holy crap, if if there are a bunch of people who are okay with literally saying something that's so obviously racist, how much more racism is like that we don't even understand or know about." You know. Right. And then she starts to make this movie, you know, I I don't I don't blame her. I mean, like, I, I the thing that I, I we could start talking about the movie now too, because like the the intro is quick, right? And it kind of like very quickly gets to gets you to be like, this is what's happening. It's like there was this, there was that. You know, she erased her parents her parents' mind. Uh, I don't know if we want to comment on the fact that. Uh, I don't know if it's necessary, but this actor the, is significantly darker than a man. Yo, I yes. ain't gonna bring it up. Okay, I ain't gonna yes. bring it up. Bro. <laughs> I'm waiting for the moment. I didn't want to bring it up, man. Yes. it don't make no dark, sense. This gorgeous dark-skinned black girl grows up to be a man. Plus, <laughs> I I leaned over to my wife and I was like, I was like, she's she's too dark. She's too dark. I don't want to. I was I like, is that gonna be her sister? Or is <laughs> that, I'm confused. And then, and I was I was like, do you remember what Rue looked like? And she, she was like, yeah, okay, well, so. <laughs> Do you see what's wrong? Yeah, I know, and and it's one of those things where I was like, I was like, what is it? what? I actually don't know. I don't know what it means because I'm like, 
There's a part of me that's like, I'm glad that little, uh, that black girl got that part in this movie. Like we need, yeah. like we we actually talked about this on the podcast for for whatever reason, there does seem to be a trend in Hollywood when it comes to young black actresses. A lot of them are light skin, like mm-hmm. um, and, all of the and popular just, ones and, her, right and now. her parents too. Like, like not only did she get that opportunity, but then her parents also got they got to work a couple they, days on this movie. Golden <laughs> like, Brooks, guys, yes, Golden oh, Brooks, yes, the mom, yes, wow, and we love her. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, but go ahead, Brazer. And, but but wow. yeah, but like, there's also something else to this. Like, okay, it's actually it was it was the way in which you knew this film was not going to be about race at all that they just like immediately were like whatever black black people it, it, you know they're all the same and we're not really going to talk about it like we won't we we're won't discuss colorblind. it. They're just yeah. like we're us. colorblind. Exactly. I mean, it's this, a colorblind thing. Yeah. Okay, there is one black part of the movie. There's one what? like genuine black part of the movie, and I don't even think it's on purpose. It's when Amanda goes to talk to Chubbs. They're at the the new concentration camp run by the new group of white people that seem nice. And Amanda goes over to hang out with Chubbs, the other black character played by Skylin Brooks, on the pier or something. They're like by the river. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they basically have a conversation that is like every black when two black people get together among a group of white people that we've all had, yeah. where we're like, "This is some bullshit, right?" Yeah. <laughs> they basically have that conversation, yeah. and it was the, it was the most authentic part of the movie. Oh, that's and, amazing! And by the way, Skyland was in Mister and Pete. I don't. No one's seen this movie. No. This movie is fucking amazing, no. and he was so good in it. By the way, um, just the that to me was like that should have been the movie. The two of them recognizing yes. that all these white people are crazy should have been the whole movie and I would have been so happy. <laughs> and it is, you didn't even need to have like a super strong love interest. You could have just had them trying to figure out yeah. shit. And, that, and that's just the thing. I mean, it's really hard because, you know, like John was saying, like, I don't know what's happening, but it has been a trend. If it's going to be a young black girl in the movie, and again, I say this, I don't want to I don't want to take anyone's jobs away. I think now as people are talking about supporting, you know, black voices, I want everyone to eat. What I would like is I would like that we could spread out that wealth a little bit. I feel like, you know, you listen to some of these black actors like Emma Stone ain't starring in every fucking movie because we got Jennifer Lawrence. We got other people. Whereas I feel like because the black pool is so small, we hear the same three or four names nonstop when it comes to projects. And we don't get to see the other young black actress who may be darker skinned, who could have been in this movie, you know, like. I mean, the reason we actually know of, um, oh my God, I'm about to mess up her name, um, Zuri from uh, um, Black Panther is because Amanda went on record and was like, yo, I just felt like everyone, I shouldn't shouldn't be this sister. Like she was like, I felt like Mm. I should not have this part because everyone is coming from like an African descent with darker skin. And she's the one who took, yeah, she took herself out of the running for that movie. Was that after she made this movie? Ooh. Because that would actually make some... Because uh, I, I feel like Amanda would be the first person to criticize this, right. this film. I mean, she's uh, a smart girl. It, it, yeah. May, it and, may... Yeah, it may have came out afterwards, yeah. And it just came out that Because, year. like, how do you how do you turn this... Day, like, this was... The Hate You Give didn't, hadn't come out yet. I mean, I don't know if she... I don't know which project she got first. I imagine she got this one before Both she... Both came out the same year. I, I know it came out the same yeah. year, yeah. I, uh so but I, I don't know why I feel like she got this project before The Hate You Give. Maybe not, but she feels like she's also older when I watch The Hate You Give. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I mean, maybe it's just because the subject matter, which is another conversation of how black 
people have to uh, grow up faster. Black children have to grow up faster. <laughs> like, Real fast. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that uh, it's like you know that she's the star of a of a potential franchise. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's an opportunity that's hard to pass down, and it's one of those things where it's like sometimes I. Sometimes we're critical of like, okay, why did this actor who's really famous take this role? But it's hard to really, but we also understand it. We understand like when you're trying to make it um, in Hollywood, you're trying to make a name for yourself. You have to do amount an amount of projects to get to the place where you could even feel comfortable going, now I can choose which projects I, I want to do because you know how quickly Hollywood could just shut you out. The diversity, we're... It's like, oh yeah, diversity's hot right now, but it's been hot before. You know, mm, yeah. these trends happen in Hollywood, um, which is one of the things that it's why right now we're pushing so much, not just for kind of, I think just brilliantly said it, like not just for diversity, but inclusion, not just so there's, you just swap out a black actor and you're like, oh, we'll make sure we have our, like our quota filled. No, we want people who are executive producers. We want people who are, network uh you know uh, executives we want people in every step of the process a so third that, cast member yeah. yes yeah. i mean also. ava ava did the ballsiest thing man she went was it three weeks ago and started tweeting out um the network execs at like disney and stuff and again i bring it up all the time y'all should go on her twitter find that tweet the only black people that were execs at like disney it was like fox universal were the hr reps Wow, yeah. and she like she t- like I mean again she's making a movie I think with um with um, Warner Brothers like her her big superhero movies with Warner Brothers and she was like yo I'm tweeting they shit out too and it's like um there are no execs like they they because I think at the end of the day which is tough is that in order to get one of those execs up you're gonna have to let someone go which means there is someone who is probably average who. Who was it? Harvard or somebody just did a, a recent report talking about. Um, oh, they just realized a lot of their um, um, students are um, either what is it called when the family has been there already? Um, lineage. Oh, or, oh yeah, legacy. Legacy. Like, like a lot of our. percent. It's like yeah, bruh. Like are you you just realizing this? And it's like that's what the Hollywood ecosystem is. It's like we pass shit down, and like it is hard to. You have to be extra. Like we but always say, you find just realizing. Like is, did. Her, did they just realize that? Justin, take two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just they just did, they just talked about it. They just talked about it. Yeah. I want to say this week. I mean, it's it's literally affirmative action for white people, but like at a <laughs> way bigger scale. <laughs> but what that is, but what that is, is hard because now you have people, and again, they are very smart people, but you have a lot of averageness. And the thing is, to break through as a black person, you have to be so much better than everyone else that you have to be exceptional but then even then you have to fight against this legacy you have to fight against like someone who has this job because they knew somebody because they liked somebody because they had to, they they were able to go to that good school and you have to be good enough that one of them has to be fired like it is if you're only going to have four execs and all four execs are white but we need a black person in there one of those four has to be let go that's just a and no one wants to be fired Right. But, so, you know, but the but the real though is like why do we just have to have four execs? You know, there's a there's a, there are some systemic problems with Hollywood that don't even have anything to do with race, just in like how movies get made, uh and how television shows get made. It's not making the best work and it's not making the most cost efficient work either. Um 
But the other tricky thing, it's not just about hiring a black executive because without i'm not throwing no shade at nobody okay <laughs> uh, no one okay is being shaded i've never met a person like this but i've heard <laughs> that when you have you know the singular black executive the pressure on that executive is so intense yeah. to like much. they don't have the freedom to act like other executives they they actually take less chances on black content because if they take a ch if the one black executive takes a chance on the one piece of black content they own that content. And if for whatever reason it doesn't come out right or it doesn't make the money it's supposed to, they're fucking gone, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it actually, like, just having one actually kind of makes it worse yeah, for all involved. Like, you you kind of have to have, like, four or five? Like, you kind of have to, like, have multiple black people at the company, which I know is asking a lot, but just, like, raising it up to, you know, Damn. the percentage of black people in the population, uh, you know, we're not even close. Damn, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That is so much pressure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We've, um, we've heard yeah. stories of those face-offs. Yeah, I mean, also, yeah, I think about it as, like, black creators. I think, I, I will admit, and, I, and I'm trying to come around, like, I've been super hard on certain creators where I'm like, I shouldn't give you the pressure of... Me. <laughs> like, all of blackness. You know what I mean? Well, like you, You've been really hard on me. Because, what? No, 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 listen, man. You know, I'm no, just saying... you it, look, made me watch ah, this movie. Listen, you know... I, you I just want to and say, Jonathan got together and made me watch this movie. Well, you know, so John I could shade Amanda and how dare they <laughs> hit us against each other. We're not shading her at all. She's the thing. She's this, is, she's this movie is a great like. learning experience. I know she's a, she's actually like she's worth watching the movie for. Yeah. I so, would say, uh, and 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 she brings so apparently because I was reading, I was like trying to get a sense. I didn't read the book, but I was trying to get a sense online of like the differences between the book and the movie, and they're and one of the things that was mentioned was that in the book, this character, uh, it's Rudy, right? She, yeah. she's even more, pa she's more passive in the book. Like mm, a lot oh. of things, like, like, you know, when as a kid, she makes the doctor forget that she's a orange and like, and convinces him that she's a green in the right. book. She does that accidentally. Yeah. And in the movie, uh... they make it purposeful. Which, like, thank God, because I don't even understand. Like, there's a part of me that's like, what was this book even? Like, yeah. it's it oh, sounds like it wasn't even it wasn't even feminist. It was written by, uh, it was a, a white woman uh, who wrote it. And I'm like, why tracking. would you make, yeah, yeah, why, yeah. I was, why would you make a, why would you make your heroine character not active? Like, not have the agency to, and, and because... And even though it was stronger in the movie, it still felt strange because I didn't exactly understand what Amanda's journey was. Now, um, it's like she's scared to use her powers, which is something that we have sometimes in, in these mutant movies, right? You have somebody who's like, they just want to blend in. They just want to, right? But the circumstances of this film make it so that if you're a kid who's alive, everyone already knows you have powers and therefore you're either going to be put in a camp or you're going to be murdered. So this, the fear, I understand the fear of being murdered, but it's like at a certain point, once people know who you are, what are we, I, yeah. I just didn't, it didn't quite track to me. And also you know like I mean. she, and also like you, you have to think that she, she didn't want to use her powers, but she has been actively using them because like, there's no way for six years she hides as a green, as a green 
when she when she it doesn't have that like she's not that smart right. like she yeah. <laughs> but and also there's so, I'm sorry there's so many fucking issues with the premise because like <laughs> if you if you could just make the doctor think you're green well then there should be there should be oranges all over the place like yeah. she was able to figure that out within like a few seconds so like where are the other oranges pretending to right. be greens only and, one other orange did that and your power is to literally make people think whatever you want them to think so it really to me it really was a story about like internalized um you know i don't know what seg- uh, su- uh, subjugation i guess because yeah. she had yeah. the power all along and eventually like essentially like her, the journey of the movie is like her you know trying to manage white people's feelings U- ultimately she makes a big sacrifice to manage the white man's feelings yeah in this movie so that he could go on and do the right thing and get over his jungle fever also, I mean, this his is last really, shot, these are the narratives we're telling in 2018. <laughs> his last shot of him running in the woods in slow motion, I was like, I don't have to see this boy keep running. The fact I didn't that, get like, to the last shot. The shit. fact that, no, it's, you didn't miss anything. But I, I podcast began right before the last shot, and I didn't finish it. I will say this, though. The one thing I did think was interesting is that the battle became between, like, this black woman and this white guy. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm gonna say it was messed up, and I like I don't know. The moment I saw this preppy dude with a polo shirt and his collar up, I was like, I don't trust, I don't trust nothing people. about this dude. No, but also, was there like a weird almost assault scene in this movie? Yes, 100% not, there was not a almost scene. assault. Like what the was, hell was that? Yeah, <laughs> like he wanted her to do. She he wanted her for his bidding, and he was just gonna do that. He wanted like, a slave. Like that shit was. The thing is, it happened so fast. I was Dark. like, what? The-? First off, okay, let, let me just backtrack. The opening scene when they go to the camps and they just start murking and just like knocking that one kid out. I'm like, okay, this is wild. And now at the end of this movie, we have this scene. Piss and off. I, and, oh, shit. And I'm like, what is happening? They legitimately have this scene that I feel like is addressed. But also, I really wanted her to fuck this dude up when they had the the, the final battle because I'm like, yo, they're gonna have a one on one battle. This dude is wild. We gotta like scar his whole face up. You know what I mean? Like I didn't yeah. know the book, but it just felt like a missed opportunity to get a little revenge, I guess, for me. Um, but I don't. Yeah, know and also, I mean, if you're, I understand like this was somewhat targeted towards teens, and you don't want it to be too. Um, explicit but like if you're gonna have this if you're gonna have this notion that this guy who literally can control people's minds um uh and then he's trying to learn how to erase someone's mind and 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 then somehow learns it i I don't really understand how he how he figured it out uh but i guess he kind of did um why why would he just try to physically force her to, you know what I mean? Like I didn't, I didn't get that part. Like, on I was top like, of everything, I will say in this <laughs> regard, that character is a actually is a great analogy for whiteness in general. In that, like he is trying to, he's he is he is trying to take her power, uh, use up her body, and control everybody else, but pretend he's good. So in that right. regard, I would yeah, say I the so. movie, you know. Actually, I, I reversed everything a, I've said. This movie <laughs> he was a good sense. villain. He was a good villain. It was just that we didn't get enough of the other stuff to yeah. make it because it wasn't it wasn't leading to him really. 
It doesn't even really make, it doesn't actually track. I mean, like, this is one of those movies where the more you think about the logic, the more everything falls apart. And it's, and it's hard because the initial premise, because they don't talk about the, the extinction element at all. Like, that the human, the human species, race. Like, like, how are they going to, like, are new babies also getting, like, with this disease? Like, are what's there happening? New babies? That's what I was yeah. like. Are, like, is this a children of men situation where everyone just knows that the human race is about to end and they're just like, what's going on? Like, I, Let's I don't. torture children just to wait, <laughs> just to spend our last days. But they had, like, one line every now and then. They're like, oh, where are all the people? Oh, with no kids, they all went to the cities for jobs. So, like, the right. rural area was just yeah. abandoned. Also, is the league what? bad? Like, when she touches, we never really when she, never know. When she touches never... the white dude, he's but like But see, the thing the is, kid, they're right? building the world. Like, in, in the second one, we're going to learn what the league yeah. is. We're going to learn, like, yeah. the, <laughs> what, <laughs> where, if he's going to regain his memories. There's so much stuff they're setting up for the sequel. So 2021, no. Darkest Minds 2. So yeah, the because the, the other thing I did, I mean, it was also there. The other thing I just have to say this that bothered me was if all the greens are smart, and there are so many greens, how come they can't break out of this? Camp? Yo, no, no break, break, no break. But I'm that, like, yo, that, that, that could what? Be, if they talked about race, that is something. Like I always, like I always, the one thing I hated, like in in history class, is like people always go, well, if there were more slaves, they if they were more powerful, how come they just didn't overthrow? I'm like, and then there's so many psychological things that people were saying that in history class. Oh my god! When I went to history class, people were like, "But why didn't you just do this? Why didn't you just do that?" And I'm like, "Well, they were inferior." Yes. (laughs) Like, what was the answer? Yes. It's like there there are reasons that um, they didn't feel like they could. And I'm like, this movie could have touched on that. That movie could have touched on yes, these people are smart, but we have ways to like make them feel docile. Wait, but also just but here's where we're wrong, uh, guys. This is a movie that's supposedly about personal liberation made by people that were not free. Okay, this director was not free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know this writer, but I feel like this was not this, this was not Whoa, his vision. That's deep. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. these are a bunch of people who are working in a system, okay? An authoritarian authoritarian. It's early for me. Authoritarian <laughs> system. Uh to make this movie as a product, you know, nobody Clo- is close to the heart of this movie at all uh and you can just feel it in the pro in, yeah. in the product and it's like why yeah. give people of color the platform if, if you don't let them be free while they're doing it because that's what that's where you get the auteur amazing directors out of the 70s is you give francis for coppola a bunch of money and you send him into a jungle and you just let him fuck around and then sometimes yeah. you get apocalypse now like yeah. that's how it works <laughs> but that's but that requires so much trust and i don't think it is hard because I don't think people of color get that trust, man. Like even, right. even, um, even had, when they prove themselves. Yes, yes. Like we had our friend on. Oh my god, Aaron Covington, who helped co-write um, Black Panther. Oh, I love Aaron. Yeah, yeah he's and he great. was, and he was talking about even after Black Panther, the jobs he gets to write, they don't want to hear an original story. They just want him to adapt a bunch of stuff. And I'm like, my man has co-written one of the biggest movies to ever exist, and yet he still isn't given the chance. To come up with his own content. Like I just saw the other day, they're making the black version of Wonder Years. Yeah. Oh. Wonder Years. You telling I me that. I love that it's exactly the pre- the premise of the sketch that we did <laughs> for the last episode <laughs> of just a show but black. And they really are straight doing that. 
Yeah. They're doing the Wonder Years butt black. But black. They're literally doing oh, it. And then it's like, there, there are so head. many creative people who have, us on this call right now could come up, and this is not to diss the people who are doing that story, but it's just showing like, yeah. the four of us can sit here and be like, yo, we got an idea for something in five minutes. But yet, for some reason, black people, aren't, black it's black people in particular, I really think it is, that aren't given the leeway to be trusted enough in Hollywood. Like, whether it comes with directing, whether it comes with writing, whether it comes with acting, because for the most part, again, man, how many dark-skinned black um, actresses we know lead in movies? Viola Davis out here, her clip going around talking about something. Y'all call me Meryl Streep, pay me. And she still right. ain't getting paid. She came um, out three years ago and said the craziest shit that I, it hurts that is real. She's like, yo, if you take her, if you take three other the highest paid black actresses, they still do not make what one Jennifer Lawrence will make. Right. Won't come close. Won't come close, and I'm like, what? Do we, like, right. uh, yeah, that that's that yeah, exactly. I well, mean, if y'all, if y'all know me, you know that I'm a secret college professor pretending to be a filmmaker, right? And <laughs> I would like to say something that I don't think a lot of people realize. This is so baked into the system of Hollywood. Birth of a Nation is not just notable for being very fucking racist, and also the movie where editing is invented and all the shit that D.W. Griffith did. But it also begins the independent film movement in America because mm -hmm. black people at the time knew this was some bullshit. They protested that movie. The NAACP was very much against it. And in response to that movie, people like Oscar Michaud begin a completely black independent version of Hollywood with its own star systems, with its own movie theater chains, with its own writers, with its own directors. And when Hollywood realized that that was making money, they started to make their versions of the black film. And that's when you start to get all these problematic black heroes that are in service of the white man and, you know, the white gays version of the black experience. And because those movies are made by big Hollywood, the entire black independent film market is, is, is destroyed. None of us are brought up hearing about it or learning about who these stars were, what kind of stories they were telling, what kind of innovations they were making, because it's been covered up by this like, well, we made Gone with the Wind. And we we gave Hattie McDaniel's an Oscar, so we're the good guys here, and it's and it's baked into the system to erase black voices and then to pretend like you did something, like to do the bare minimum and to act like that was some, like it. We've been doing it since the beginning of this industry. What we being white people? What, what was that name you said, Oscar? Uh... Oscar Michaud. He he's the first. Um, he really is like he is. Tyler Perry is the version of him today in the sense that like. He translated like, you know, the black theatrical vaudeville circuit into movies and, um, you know, literally like built this homegrown, homespun movie industries just for black audiences, uh, really all by himself. And then Hollywood caught wind of that and they started doing it. But with white directors and right. with like, you know, Sidney Poitier or whoever. Like, I, can't it was, get, I can't get a movie about him, but I'm about to get another movie about a runaway slave. Another one about a runaway slave and Black Wonder Years. So you're welcome. No, but what what use his story to inspire you to you can make a movie about him like you can just go off <laughs> like his whole think, his legacy. Tyler Perry is playing him in a movie, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, oh. Okay. So you guys can comment on that. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just laughs. That's the yeah. thing about being yeah, black. We, That's yeah. the thing about being black is you can't like. We can't you critique. Feel like you can't anything. feel. You can't speak freely because you no. know. I mean, the, I think racism. I think yeah. the thing that's very cool about Lena Waithe is that when Queen and Slim came out and people started critiquing it, 
she was like, it's cool to critique my movie. You know what I mean? Because I will say this podcast gives me anxiety because <laughs> we do end up meeting like we're meet like we do end up meeting people that I will I will yeah, see something and I'm like, oh shit, do they know about like this movie? Like, you know, so it's like it's hard to critique like art because you don't want to not support it. Right. But you also want to be able to critique it like people critique all this other art, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the fact that our shit is not invulnerable to critique is another example of racism. Yeah. yeah like, the fact that, like, a black person can make a movie with black people and it's not that good or it's fine mm. or whatever and they can't ever make a movie ever again is yeah. fucked up. Like, yeah, exactly. Stanley Co- yeah. Have you seen Stanley Kubrick's first movies? Oh, <laughs> I had to watch them shit in film. The fact that you're talking about, like, film school and, like, in film class, I've seen four um, Stanley Kubrick movies and I've never heard of um Oscar in my life. Yeah. It's never. so I, it makes me so frustrated. I I've, yeah. I've had to watch Darren Aronowski films. I had to watch all these the 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 book Rebels of the Backlot. Um we had yes. to watch which is like the film about like like Tarantino and 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 Sodenberg and all these rebel white dudes who like did it on their own. And I'm like yep. I ain't even the only black person I ever heard about like in film school was Spike Lee, but it was only when he did um she's got to have it because he's the guy who got a bunch of credit cards made this movie and he became spike lee i'm like but so did robert townsend and they never talk about robert townsend. never heard and by the way so did a man named charles lane and literally i discovered who this was last night okay mm-hmm. he put out a movie in 1989 called sidewalk story it is the artist but way fucking better and it came out 20 years before the artist and this guy worked one more time like was is completely erased from history and not only is the movie black independent came out in 1989 by the same distributor that did she's got to have it um and we're not talking about it for those reasons beyond the fact that it's black it's also fucking brilliant like he's yeah. a for real genius like a whole black genius wow. that is just excluded from any conversation about black cinema or independent cinema but after listen after listening to you talk justin like i'm feeling like i'm i'm looking back on like what we've been doing over the last five years which is watching major motion pictures that have to have a leading black actor, right? And so most of the times there isn't a black director there, right? Or there isn't a black writer or mm. like only only every once in a while we get the holy trinity of black director, writer and <laughs> and star, right? And like and so that's that's 5 years of conversations about these major motion pictures when <laughs> Like it feels like we need a a spinoff of this podcast that focuses on the <laughs> the yeah, the story. Yeah, you know, like it's like because because if we're gonna keep having these conversations about these movies that like you know that suffer from the the systemic the systemic racism of Hollywood, but then also the systemic issues of Hollywood. Period. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. then these are gonna be the only things that are ever talked. If we continue right. to talk about them, they're the only things that are ever talked about. Damn. And, but it's set up that way because like I didn't know I didn't know Charles Lane existed. I didn't know there mm-hmm. were other black directors besides Spike Lee and Robert Townsend because Spike Lee didn't it doesn't talk about that in his autobiographies. And white film professors sure as hell don't. Yeah. But there was like a whole bunch of them at that time who made feature films that we've just never heard of and that just never make our it's it's systemic. I mean Damn. Yeah, it's all the things we say it is. Yeah. You know, I, I normally I normally like do a little letter to Hollywood, but I feel like I feel like I need to stop. I feel like, in all honesty, <laughs> I mean, I mean this in seriousness. It is, it is one thing that I battle with, like you know, 
um, a lot of the elders of my, of my family who, when they were alive, who lived in the South, always talked about like the beauty. It sound, it's going to sound crazy, but they talked about the beauty of what ser- segregation did for the black community. They were like, you know, people supported black. Like we had a lot of like black colleges, schools, like banks, and we all knew about it. Like right now, I think because of the Black Lives Matter movement, and like there's all these chains of, hey, this is a black restaurant. These are black stores. And like now we're learning about it. But there's something to me about having a legitimate black Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like one where we are our own gatekeepers. Like I think the beauty of a Tyler Perry is, is Tyler Perry has his own green lighting power where he has his studio. You know what I mean? Like he has his crew. You can technically go live on his campus. And I'm like, man, what does it look like if the black film leaders, if you will, like got together and just made sure we will look after each other, but also the ones under it. Like you, like I watch all these like docs and you hear Steven Spielberg talk about how he is very adamant about finding um, other Jewish uh, uh, directors and things of that nature. Like then we are, we see someone who he meets now has introduced him to like, you know, a Guillermo del Toro. And now we like have Guillermo del Toro looking out for a lot of like um, Latino directors. And like now everyone's, like pulling everybody up um, and now people are nominated for Oscars. <laughs> like, like literally if you look at like the best director nominations of the last couple of years, it has changed. Like the landscape of that thing has changed, especially when it comes to like um, um, uh, Spanish directors. But I'm like, man, maybe if, if we did something like that, we could pull up everybody at the end of the day. Like, you know, if we have a show that I don't know, has a hundred percent on Ryan tomatoes, then it's like, Oh, all, the black creators can support this. We can get more things of that nature. Like if we have a show written by like women, we can all not putting the pressure on us, but I just feel like we I, will never. No, you're, you're a hundred percent right. And we are set up to not talk to each other about what our budgets are. We are set up to not show each other our movies and get each other's feedback because we're all pitted against each other, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And, and the truth is, is that like, I, I, I think if you meet, Certain people from the 90s who are our heroes and who we grew up looking at, they were in a system where literally there could only be one. And I've been often disappointed by the lack of community building that Mm -hmm. some of our forebears are up to or not up to. But we really can do it ourselves. You know, like when I made my last movie, I had table readings with Barry Jenkins and Misha Green and Lena and like all the black people I knew Mm -hmm. to come listen and, 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 and read me the riot act on this script. And Look at the movie. We should be doing the same thing that Spielberg and Coppola and De Palma were doing. Because, like, you know, why is Star Wars so fucking good? Well, because, like, George Lucas was showing his friends every possible cut of the movie. And they were helping him turn this thing that nobody was understanding, that was way too fucking long, that, like, nobody got into what became Star Wars. Because they were in a community together. If he wasn't in that community, Star Wars would have not been what it was. And so... What are the gems that we are missing out on because we aren't in that kind of community? Right. Because we, we get sold this idea that a lot of these directors, you know, creators are these geniuses who, like, did everything on their own. Um, and, and there's very little talk about the fact that, no, there's always, there are always people helping them out, right? There mm-hmm. are always a network that, they're, that they are pulling from to get the things done so that they can create the films that we consider iconic. And I will say, I, I do think that I see that happening in Hollywood, right? Like, I, and 
it, it needs to keep happening. It needs to happen more. Um, I know I myself, like, I've always, I've, you know, I know Astronomy Club, we are very, like, we wanted to make sure that, you know, in the different um, production departments, like, we had a diverse group of people that we had um, women in control of, um, you know, d departments where they're not always in, in control of it and things like that. Uh, but, like, after this year, I mean, like, I was like, I can do more. I can, I, instead, instead of, instead of waiting, you know, for like certain things and being like, oh, I need to be here. I need to be there until I can do this. It's like, you know, I can go out to people who I think are good right now and talk to them and be like, hey, what do you need help doing? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's a lot of talk, at least in the entertainment circles of mentorship um, and people trying to find mentors or, or wanting to be mentors, but I've seen it online. Like I've seen people tweet out like, Hey, the industry is not telling the industry is telling me there aren't enough X, Y, Z type of people, X, Y, Z type of writers or actors or producers. Like, can you guys help me out? And, and it happens, right? Like people are like, actually I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, you know? So that kind of community building that we're doing and, and helping each other out and, understanding that we actually don't have we don't need to have this fear that somebody else's success is going to bring down our success that's such a mm -hmm. american capitalistic this like mm -hmm. mentality of like this zero sum game where like well if you get some then i won't get some it's so mm -hmm. backwards it, we we've been it's so ingrained in us that that's what we think and even as marginalized people we still have that thing like you know it's 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 why the the concepts of intersectionality are, are, are great too of like, you know, we, we don't want to pit um, different identities against each other or make people feel like they have to choose one. You know, we can talk about them all at the same time. When we talk about black lives matters, we can talk about black trans lives mattering. Like we don't have to, uh, it, it's not like if these people get rights, then our rights are going to be taken away. It's not like if these people get jobs, our jobs are going to be taken away. You know, that's that's what that's such a white mentality. That's exactly the the mentality that people are like, yeah, the freaking black people are taking our jobs or immigrants are taking our jobs. And like, which is ridiculous because they weren't even working those jobs to begin with. You, you didn't want I mean? that like, job, man. <laughs> so that's that's. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's it, I, I see it. I'm encouraged by it. And, and I, I agree. Like, we need to do more of that. Anyway, yeah, but I also but I also don't the thing I don't want to come off. I don't want to make it like it's it is our job, like, oh, woe is us. I'm just saying it is something very nice to support because, again, when I watch, man, I'm telling you, man, when you watch these documentaries about, like, some of these, uh, maybe not the best directors, right, but they get to do these big budget movies. You're like, how did mm -hmm. this average-ass director get this part? And then you realize, oh, this person met someone along the way who was like, I got you, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I just think it'd be cool because, again, like, you know, if I don't know if if John is making a movie and like I produce it and John gets nominated, that's gonna help me at the end of the day just as much as it's gonna help him. It's like you get nominated for that Oscar, I produced it, cool. I have now produced an Oscar nominated movie. Like I'm looking right now, and Forrest Whitaker has been out here producing everything from Fruitvale Station to Dope to Roxanne Roxanne to Sorry to Bother You, all this stuff. And I'm like, that's the kind of thing that I love is like you go back and look at someone's lineage, like you are doing the work. You may not be taking all the credit for it, but you are doing something to help get this stuff made. Like I know him and Octavia Spencer have been out here, like really helping people a lot. But you and know. you know, all I'm gonna say is like, you know, because 
the whole time I was watching this, I was thinking like, and I'm not gonna talk. I always talk about, I always talk about Hancock at the end of the podcast. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that right now. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna say, you know, like support Jennifer U. Nelson. Like she is a, you know, she's a great artist. She did, she did Kung Fu Panda, Kung Fu Panda, Kung Fu Panda two and three. She, my favorite show growing up, The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. She was a storyboard artist and character mm, designer on that. I like support her work. Continue to support Amandala and 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 Golden Skyland. Brooks and Skyland. Skyland and Skyland. Skyland is so Brooks. good. Skyland is so good. <laughs> we were we were talking before the podcast started about the movie The Old Guard that stars uh, uh, Kiki Lane is in that. You know, support support these voices. You know, talk about them. Oh snap! Somebody, The Old Guard on Wiki used to be marked marketed as a sequel. To Hancock, actually, like a direct stop. Why are you sequel? doing this? Really? Yeah, it was this? on Wiki. It said it was. I I forgot about it. It doesn't say it now. It doesn't say it anymore. But someone sent me a screenshot. You just said you just said it wasn't. You just wow. said you weren't doing the Hancock. <laughs> I'm not wow. doing the Hancock bit. Just just the old guard happens to have and been. Here we are. People are calling it a direct sequel to, to right. Hancock. Which is, I just think is interesting. That you that, suckered okay. me into this. Yo, I'm so mad at you. <laughs> he did it. He, did, he laid it out. Yo, he, he was I'm so mad at you. No, I just. Well, okay. Gina well, Prince Bythewood directed this movie. We should also. She did, yes. Oh, really? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes the director Old Guard. Love and Basketball and um, many other f- great films. Yo. Old Guard? She directed Old Guard? Apparently, people mm-hmm. said it's a really. Like, I've read reviews and it's like a really good action movie. Wow. Well, um, 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 okay. It, it I is. Can't wait. It is, it is time for the cause. We rate and review films not based on how much we like them, but whether or not they help the cause of more leading black actors in Hollywood. So we feel like the film fully helped the cause. We give it a black fist. We feel like it somewhat helped the cause. We give it a white palm. If we feel like it didn't really help the cause at all, we don't give it anything. Okay? <laughs> on the count of three, we're going to raise Hold on, wait, wait, wait. I don't know. Hold on. Uh, okay. So black yeah. helped the cause. White palm. Yeah, a little kind, helped the cause. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Okay. And, and nothing. And or or no, it didn't help it. All right, guys, ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Five. I'm sorry. Four white palms. Uh, yeah. I mean, what? Four white palms. That's the full quote. <laughs> Oh my god. Four <laughs> yeah. white pubs. Yeah, I mean, look, it gave Amanda a credit. You know, it gave Skyland a credit. They were both great in it. It's good. Um, you know, their performances were good, but the movie didn't do squat. I mean, it didn't Yeah. It 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 could be used against them, you know, um, in terms of their quote unquote box office appeal, which is a thing the movie industry loves to to talk about when it comes to stars. Um it also missed a huge opportunity to further a, ra- a race narrative, like um, or the racism, systemic racism narrative, because it didn't want to touch that at all. It just wanted to kind of use the trappings of it and not really get into it. So yeah, that's yeah. why you get a white palm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, same, same. Yeah, um, I'm a fan. I also will just say, give a shout out to, we didn't talk much about her because she doesn't do much in this movie, but I'm a fan of my, uh, I don't know how to say her last name, Catch Check. I'm not sure how to say her last name, but I'm a big fan of, of hers. She's, she, I've been watching a lot of like kids <laughs> stuff. Who is she? Uh, she played, she played, um, uh, Zoo. Uh, Zoo, you, 
Zoo. 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 Um, uh, I'm a big fan of her. She's in like Are You Afraid the New Are You Afraid of the Dark. She was in that Rim of the World, that Netflix movie. She oh, don't the kids. Oh, that's maybe right. as well. She's great in that. Like yeah, I, I, she's she's a really fun. good actor. Um, you know, and this game, you know, Amanda was a lead, but you know, but it, instead of it being actually about, instead of it going deeper than just showing a black face, you know, <laughs> like that was problematic. <laughs> um, you know, and so. So and and the the director like I I see she has one film in development in terms of directing like you know I'm looking forward to seeing that like like more more stuff from these people. Agreed. I blame yeah. Yeah. all the white people involved for this movie's <laughs> failure. I, I I think I second that. It's like I I don't blame these people of color. I think they did what they had to do, and I think now being in a system where I can see. Um, network and studio involvement in ways that I don't like. I'm like, I don't believe this was their fault in any way. I don't. Like, I don't really believe this don't. is their fault in oh, any way. The only other thing I wanted to, to say, or we didn't talk about, was the Reds. Because um, there was like... Oh, oh right. Because yeah. they, had, they had them as like one of the most dangerous things, and they were just like, they just breathed fire, fire. And, yeah. And they look like demons, and and it seems like they were like kind of completely unthinking or unfeeling, just like. And I, I was like, what does this mean exactly? I I couldn't quite track. I mean, it was hard to track the metaphor for any of this, but I was just like, what? Who are these kids? Like, do they really not think? Yeah. Why are they so easily? Are they only controlled with the mind control? Like, how can he control all their minds at the same time? I don't know. It was a. Yeah. It was strange. I didn't even understand why you would need them if, like, if what's his name, Slipknot or whatever the Slip Kid, Slip Kid, Slip Kid, Slip Kid. Sounds like a Hey Arnold character. President's Uh, son. Yeah. Uh, The president's son. Like, if he can control that many people at the same time, why do you need the fire people? If anything, the fire people, they destroyed the camp. Like, you could just use the blue kids to hold everybody down like well uh, anyway i mean also that the president i can never trust that actor because i know he does a bunch of comedy but now i'm seeing him in this and also realizing he's the dad from get out i can't trust you bro he's the evilest white guy ever like you seem too (laughs) chill and next thing i know you out here trying to plot against me i don't i can't trust Mm -hmm. you bro anyway that movie leaves leaves me with so many questions (laughs) justin thank you man Thanks, Thanks for guys, for, um, for picking this film. <laughs> um, I think we had a really robust. <laughs> we actually did, cinema. though. <laughs> Listen, think yeah, about not that. about we cinema, did, not about we cinema. We talked about like you know X Men. It's like yeah, Holly Berry didn't even have an African accent. Well, she did. It went in and out in the first one. Yeah, and in the just first gone one in the second one. Yeah. Yo, Storm yeah. sounded like she was from like the Bay. What a- I was she like, was, Yo. it's rough boots. Uh, but you know Her what? Scenes I, got cut. Apparently, the reason that that toad line makes no sense is because there were other there were other uh, scenes that would make it make sense. But about scene. toads, <laughs> I bet if Famke Jansen said the line, they would have had the scenes in there. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because I wonder is that why she's such a big part in X two because. She had won the Oscar by the time they started filming that and writing yeah, it. So it was like, we got to put yeah. her in it. Also, but they still couldn't do anything about I, As much as yeah, I also the, love X-Men it's 2. Still, it's still bullshit. Like, yeah. 
they give her a speech to Nightcrawler in the plane. Yeah. And it's but like no character development, no like sexual interests, no like complicated life, no reason why she had an accent in the last uh movie and it's gone now. Like none of it. If they if they're smart, yo, if they're smart, they're gonna give that woman a spinoff. Give Storm a spinoff. Because if you give her a spinoff, they had several chances to do this and they well, didn't do it. <laughs> in, in first class, in first class, they made three been... Wolverine movies. Right. Wolverine was the lead of all of the X Men movies, and then they made three spinoff movies where he was again also, the lead. Aren't and then, Storm and Black Panther yes, in a relationship? Yes. In the comic? So, yeah. so my theory is, if they do it properly, they can give Storm her own movie, right? And then eventually, because depending on which comics you read. She saved T'Challa when he was young. You know what I'm saying? So, like, mm-hmm. you can, like, the third, so fourth movie, bring her into the Black Panther world, have that big crossover. You know, I don't know what Lapita's character going to do because technically he married Storm, so I don't know what's going to happen there. But it makes sense. Like, they become rulers of, what, like, they can it do it. It would also be cool if she was African. Like, that'd be really cool if they just, like, cast an African person to play this African character. And no shade to Holly or Alexandra Ship, but that's not... No shade. That's not the storm I remember. No, Um, man. Like, the storm in that joint with the the crazy faux hawk that... Yo. The faux hawk! Yo, just... They can do it, man. I'm telling you. Faux hawk storm. They have... Marvel has the rights. They don't have a lead black woman superhero, right? No. No, no, there's they, no. They lead. got Tessa and Thor, but that's that's it. Yeah, yeah, but like, and I guess she, yeah, yeah, I guess Tessa. Tom yeah, I guess. Considered... But also, how cool would it be to see like I don't know a dark skinned storm with an African accent just out here? Just come on, man. She controls the goddamn. By the, the way, was weather. a leader. She was the she was a more powerful leader than Cyclops of the X Men. And if she became the leader at one point in multiple versions of the X Men, she was the leader. The yeah. the fact that they made Mystique. The big draw for like uh, the new class, and she became a superhero when she was never a hero in the comics. I was like, "Oh my god!" All right, guys. And then they, and then Days of Future Past happened, and they were like, "No, guys, we can't talk about this because I tried to talk about X Men. I want to talk about Dark Mind, so it's over. The podcast is done. Thank you, thank you. Speak your mind, uh, Justin. People follow you anywhere, or uh, yeah, I mean, I'm at Justin underscore Simeon, S-I-M as in moon, I-E-N as in net on Instagram. I'm also jsim07 on Twitter, but I literally don't have Twitter on my phone because of mental health reasons. So Facts. you can follow me there. I may, I may see what you have to say at some point. I don't know. I haven't made a decision yet. Yo, watch Dear White People get that 600, 600 increase in-, in... 100%. God oh, wow, damn. Wow. I get and, no extra money, so but you should still watch it. And <laughs> and my next movie, uh, Bad Hair, comes out on Hulu. Uh, if that's okay with you, Jared. I mean, listen, it's okay. Yo, when does it come out? Love for real. I want to. I, like, I, I want to watch it. New Jack Swing it's coming, era. It's coming out this fall, uh, October ish. Yo, man, get it. All right. All and I then, care uh, about is people do, getting that work. <laughs> your podcast, right? Do, uh, don't at me. Podcast, don't at me. You guys have to come on it. Uh, yeah, we yeah, just started yeah. it back up. It's gonna probably be airing like in the next couple of weeks. I don't know when this will air, so it might be already out. Uh, but it, you can jump in on the first season, you know, because there's plenty of people who haven't heard of it. <laughs> so <laughs> don't at me. Uh, yeah. That's my podcast. There you go. Season uh, two thanks, coming soon. Thanks again. Thanks again that's for dope. for coming on. Uh, 
Talking about the darkest minds. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, oh, yeah, you can follow us at Blackman Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Blackmanpodcast.com is our website. Uh, we got merch there. We got some some fun Hancock shirts there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is Hancock a good movie? We don't know. Uh, <laughs> James loves uh, it. Okay. Oh, he's <laughs> yeah. <a> my favorite. <laughs> uh, and uh, if you rate and review us on iTunes, give us five stars. We'll read your review on the air. So I'm just going to read one of these reviews. Uh, this one, uh, I don't think I read this one before. Zero McCartney, loving this. After listening to white guys talk about movies for years, I am glad I found this podcast. Silly guys, funny guys. Silly guys. A weird end to it. Silly guys. It said silly guys, funny guys. Silly guys. We are silly guys. That was great. So, yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for uh, listening, and uh, we will see you next week. Peace. Peace. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Pew, pew, pew.